Welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast. You're in the right place if you're a growth-seeking being who acknowledges the challenges and delights of your humanity on the path to an ever more conscious life. If you want to feel inspired to love and accept yourself, to feel free to be and express you in all your brilliance, if you want to truly value yourself and others and feel energized and alive both at home and in the world, then sit back and take a breath as you explore and grow the brilliance of your beautiful human self with your host, the father of non-personal awareness and creator of the MPA process, Joel Young. Hello, 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 and welcome to Be a Brilliant Human with me, Joel Young. And welcome back. If you're returning, thanks for coming back. Thanks for being here. And if you're new, extra special welcome. I'm really glad that you have found this podcast. So episode four, um, I'm going to start off with a bit of a laugh at myself, a bit of a confession, maybe, maybe even an apology to some of you. But um, if you go back to episode one, uh, I entitled episode one, uh, my commitment to imperfection. <laughs> well, it turns out last week uh, had a chance to really test that. So, um, so here's what happened. Uh, and just so you know, it may at this point be corrected, but let me explain. So, basically, the way that it works, I record this uh, podcast on Anchor.fm slash Joining MPA, and uh, and then. Anchor, the people at Anchor basically distribute it out to all the different uh, podcast platforms. So the way that it works on Anchor is you can record in sections and then you can reorder them. And then each time you change it, it sort of passes it on to the other platforms, that kind of thing. So I recorded several chunks, basically a beginning, a middle and an end. And um, I think there were four chunks, actually. But there were the, the, the middle bit is the interesting bit because... Uh, I named them wrong and <laughs> then put them in the wrong order. So if you were listening um, on, and it may still be true if you listen this week, because I think it takes about 10 days to farm through to places like iTunes, um, you may have gone, that's a bit weird. He's He's gone from the beginning to the the sort of the, of the middle, <laughs> but not quite the middle, the back of the middle and the front of the middle. So it was all reordered. Anyway, so I had to laugh at myself. Hopefully now I've corrected it on Anchor. So if you listen to episode three on Anchor, it will be corrected and would have been uh, pretty much uh, within a few days. Um, but if you listened recently on somewhere like um, iTunes or Google Podcasts or somewhere, you may have been a little confused as how I did a whole section and then said, let's get into it. <laughs> so there we go. Um but there you go. I was pleased with myself that it's got to be said in as much as when I discovered it, um, my commitment to imperfection, that mantra inside of me kicked in and I was actually okay. I just laughed, corrected it and moved on. So I consider that personal progress for me. Okay, confession over. And if you listen to this way after it's been broadcast, hopefully everything will be normal and you'll be saying, I listened to it. It was fine. What's he talking about? So there we go. Um, and speaking of Anchor putting it out to other platforms, uh, we're now on Overcast. How fantastic is that? So wherever you're listening to this, uh, of course, I'd love you to leave a review if you can. And also send me a message. Uh, let me know uh, what you'd like me to talk about. Um, offer any feedback you'd love to do, any reviews. 
can do that on the message via anchor.fm slash Joel Young MPA slash message. We'll get you there. Or just go to anchor.fm slash Joel Young MPA. And there'll be a big button there that says message. And you can leave me a voice message. So if I get voice messages from you, um, there's a chance I could, I could actually put them onto a podcast. So if you've got a question about something, um, it may be good at some point to do a question and answer podcast. So wherever you're listening, um, do give me a thumbs up, a, a number of stars, a review. That's all good stuff. So this week, episode four, I've entitled it, Do They Love Me? Eight Questions to Ask. So interesting how this came about. Basically, there was a, a meme that showed up on Facebook, kind of a quote meme, which I liked, and I shared it to my personal page, uh, which basically said, love is not all you need, kind of a quote. Then it had some some things that they felt that, that were more important or you needed as well as love to have a healthy relationship. And I kind of agreed with that, and I think it's a topic that's worth considering. And in this episode, I want to offer you some some good questions to ask yourself. I'm not going to suggest it's the definitive list uh, by any stretch, uh, but I think it's an interesting topic because um, we can dive into what that means. So, I mean, one of the things I, I got a, a comment back from someone on that post, which basically said, well, it all comes back to love. So I'm going with love is all you need. And that's really, that's that's the rub. That's the bit that sort of gets me thinking, hmm, I need to talk about this whole thing. Because I think it's a bit of a, a misnomer. I am in the camp of love is not enough when it comes to sort of really having a full, healthy relationship. I mean, I, I don't know about you, you've had a situation where, you know, maybe somebody has said they love you and and then their actions don't exactly reflect that, at least not according to you, to the point where it becomes a matter of whether you need to move on to a different relationship or at least out of that relationship. So for all the professions of, but I love you, um, the actions don't match it. I mean, I certainly, um, you know, the next that comes to mind in particular, uh, that said she loved me and and yet her actions really, well, I'd say that her behavior wasn't able to sort of meet whatever her emotional idea of love was at the time or was experiencing. Or at least if I really say it how it is, you know, it, it's whatever her idea of what that was, wasn't translated in a way um, that was the same as mine. So there was there was a, a serious mismatch there of what she considered were actions of love uh, and what I considered would be actions that demonstrated, no, <laughs> that is not the act of somebody who loves me. Uh, so we had a very, very big difference. So that's kind of the, the point that, that I'm coming from. So in a sense, what I'm saying is it, it's a matter of, uh, of perspective really it's a matter of of what matters to you um and and a matter of what love means and what the actions are in in that sense i mean i think the confusion really comes from the idea of of love itself uh and so what i'm going to look at it here is really in terms of i think in in human terms it's about really in in a relationship I mean, what is the point of a relationship? I mean, there's there's love is available in many different forms, but if you're going to be in an intimate relationship with a partner, um, then then you really want to be with someone who's going to make you feel loved, right? So we're going to get into some gray areas here with some of you hardcore spiritual folk. Well, you go, well, you know, we are love and, you know, 
love should be enough. Love comes from ourselves. Don't give your power away. Um, all of those kind of things. But there's a we're, we're a show about being a brilliant human. We're a show about humanity. And, and in the human world, really, I think it boils down to we just we want to feel loved. If you're going to commit to somebody, if you're going to spend time with someone in that way, then part of the deal is is you want to feel loved. Yes, you can be full of your own love, but feel no love coming your way, and you can make that work. And you know what? Again, if that's your choice, go for it. But I'm of the persuasion from my experience that part of the the point of sharing that deep, intimate time is is that you want to feel like you're loved there. So uh, <laughs> and I, I, it's true also that, you know, a lot of the clients that come and see me are in this position where they feel um, a sense of, of the lack of love. And, you know, we're going to get on to some of the self-love stuff later on. Um, there's always an aspect of that that's, that's got some truth to it. But there is also a truth that if you're going to spend time with someone, if you're going to commit to someone, then then there's that that sense of wanting to feel loved is really important. And that's what the sort of the, the nub of this episode is is really about. By the way, if you're interested in seeing me one-to-one, um, you can visit my website, joyoungmpa.com and forward slash sessions, or just go there and then there's a button that says sessions. You can find out about those. I do have some spaces right now at the time of recording. So you can reach out. You can also, uh, in case you're not aware, you can book a 10-minute free call with me. Just There's a scheduler somewhere down that page. Uh, I call it a clarity session. It's 10 minutes just to get clear on uh, whether it feels good to work with me, to check that it's a fit for both of us, that kind of thing. So just a quick chat, you can go ahead and book that. It's all on the sessions page at joelyoungmpa.com. So I think that comment um, that it all comes back to love comes from sort of a, a very high spiritual concept. It's sort of that thing of everything is love. Um, it's one of the big core things. If you've listened to the previous episodes, you know that I'm not into killing the ego. I'm not into the we are nothing and everything. I, I always say there's a place, there's a context where, yes, there's a truth to that. But in the cold face of human relating, uh, for the most part, it, it doesn't really help. <laughs> in fact, it can be harmful because it ends up with people discounting themselves as part of the equation. So, um, but let's cover it because, you know, when it comes to love, I think in in MPA and non-personal awareness, I look at the who we are as what I call a multiple perspective model. There's different aspects of us which all dance together and have different places and different times where their expression is the most useful so um so one of those is your being so it's arguable when it comes to love that your being is love it's just love the the beingness of you is just pure love so you know is love enough you know is there love there it's kind of an irrelevant question because love is just the isness of it Again, the argument goes, well, then just be in your being and everything will be cool. <laughs> well, at the times when you're in your being fully embodied in that, great, everything is cool. Uh, but that, again, is not necessarily um, how life looks for most of us in this 21st century human world, even if you've done a lot of work and a lot of meditation. The truth is that that you still have a personality and you still have other aspects to you. 
The second part is is your soul. So when I say soul, I'm talking about the part of you that has that that big overview, many lifetimes. Uh, its whole perspective is life is a journey, not a destination. So the soul tends to love regardless. So, you know, do whatever you want to me. All is love. So I'm going to love you unconditionally and, and all that kind of stuff. So a soul is a really powerful perspective. Um you know, and, and it tends to love regardless. After all, your soul will lead you into the darkest places, right? That's what the, the awakening journey is about. So often it's like, I know, says the soul, let's go into this really rubbish place because we're going to get a beautiful diamond gem and an experience at the other side of it. Well, yay, it loves it all anyway. But again, it's the human part of you. It's the personality that needs to, to sort of work with that. That's where, that's the... The kind of the the front edge of our experience of day to day life. So the personality, you know, well, for our sweet innocent personalities, love, I believe, is confirmed by action. It's the actions that we see that that make the difference. And especially when it comes to feeling loved by another, it, it really is the actions that speak louder than the words. So. And it seems like it's a natural part of life with a personality that we do we do much better when we feel loved or when we feel adored or cherished even. Have you noticed that? It's like when when you feel like you're loved, there's there's something that that just lights up inside of you. And I'm speaking to the personality here, and it's okay. It's okay, folks, to admit this. You know, I like being adored. I like being cherished. I like being loved. It just feels good. You can argue it in terms of just like that that childlike part of yourself that just, you know, when you're a kid and dad or mom says, oh, you did really well, you just light up. It just feels good. It's part of that human, humanness, right? You know, it's when you feel seen and when you feel heard. Um, and we know that we matter. And when it comes to our intimate relationships, I think knowing that we matter, knowing that we're seen, knowing that we're heard, knowing that we're loved, knowing that they fancy you, you know, it's like... <laughs> Oh, she's really into me. It feels good. There's just no getting around it. And that often shows, again, the words can be the words. And, you know, words can go so well. I mean, congruent words can be really powerful. But actions is the thing, if you ask me. So there's some questions that I've put together that you can ask yourself. Uh, if you're questioning, do they love me? Or, or, or maybe think of it as a health check, really, for your intimate relationship. Uh, so let's get into it. It's eight questions to ask. Do they love me? Okay, so I'm saying eight questions, but um, <laughs> it's kind of more than eight here because I've, I've lumped a few together uh, in different sections. But there's eight, eight things that I want to really cover. So first up, uh, is are there demonstrations of care? I think this is a really, really good thing to to sort of start you off with. Care is an interesting word. It's it's really asking yourself to look at which actions of theirs are demonstrating that they really care about you. Are you a priority? Um, other things that they do. I mean, it might be simply rubbing your feet, whatever it is. But again, remember that a lot of this is, is and the way that I phrase these questions is, is to ask you to honor your own subjective idea of what this is and what this isn't. Because one person's care may be different to another person's care. But I think a really good thing is to, to notice if you feel like they care about you. That's a good indicator of health. If you feel like they don't really care, it's kind of a red flag and something that you want to be looking at. 
All right. The next thing is, is there a willingness to meet you where you are? In other words, to understand you. And really the core thing here when it comes to relating in a human way is, is for them to come to you. So meeting you where, where you are is an interesting thing because in relationship, if you get into a space where one person is trying to push another to some place they're not ready to go, it can slip into pretty unkind territory. And when again, coming back to the idea of what is the point of relationship, which is independent or distinct from the sense of that sort of autonomous individual sense of empowerment. This is like there's there's you as a person who is empowered and responsible for all your stuff and those kind of things. These are all great things. We're definitely going to talk about these in episodes coming forwards. There's a time to really focus on that. But in when you're looking at the health of a relationship, which is two people together for the purpose of supporting, loving each other, then when it comes to sort of someone else trying and not willing to really acknowledge where you are, again, going back to, you know, previous episode talking about, you know, that five step to the growth plan, start where you are. Well, in relationship, it really is, you know, be with your partner where, where they are. And can your partner be with you where you are? Yes. Inspire the best in terms of growth, all of those kind of things. But are they wanting you to fundamentally be different than you are and not willing to come and meet you? So an example of this might be that, um, you know, maybe you're going through something emotional, especially if you're in, you know, in quotes, a conscious relationship. You're the person that you're with has a view of things that, you know, you need to process your stuff and, you know, and see or see the positive or anything like that. And you're just you're just a mess in the moment. If they can't actually just acknowledge that right now what you need is a human, very mammalian piece of comfort to cuddle you, you're not in the space yet where you're ready for the higher spiritual lesson, all those things, and they try and force that upon you. That's not a willingness to meet you in where you are. They're not in that discovery mode of who are you, where are you, or not even the place of trusting that you know, trusting you in in your own power to move through these things, but acknowledging that we all have times when we're blind, we all have times when we're conscious, we all have times when, you know, where we stumble and fall, and we all have times where we fly. So, but if they're willing to meet you where they are, they're going to be sort of available. And again, not necessarily immediately, but they're certainly open to going, okay, I get it, right, you're not ready for the, for the teaching, the lesson, the whatever, but but I'm just going to be with you in your very human messiness. So that's a good question is, are they willing to meet you where you are, just to understand you? And in some cases, come to you uh, and meet you there. Okay, next up is, is there sharing? Is there intimacy? So again, sharing and intimacy, I guess what I'm pointing to here is, it's that willingness to be open with you, to be vulnerable with you. For me, a, a huge part of, of intimacy is that willingness to share what's going on inside. Uh, there's a, a lot of stuff in, in relationship with the expectation that our partner should be mind readers. Now, this is where self-responsibility can come in because, <laughs> because you know, if you expect your partner to, to mind read you all the time without any education from you, uh, that's a bit of a tall order. I mean, occasionally meet some, you know, super psychic, sensitive person, but for the most part, uh, people need a bit of a bit of coaching on, you know, how you operate, or it takes time to learn that. 
but I think it's important that that recipe that that sense of of sharing if your partner is not really sharing who they are with you then that to me would be a red flag because do you really know who they are are they willing to be vulnerable with you because in that way you're going to get more intimacy and next up in a way this is i'd say this is slightly crossover but is there true openness and honesty or is there straightness rather than game playing so in a way sharing is a form of of openness and honesty you know sharing your feelings but here i think this is one of the things that's that's truly crucial and and also you know a gateway to intimacy is a willingness to be to be really honest and open even if that if they mess up or or whatever it's like all those little times that you you hide stuff away or they don't really need to know them it won't hurt if they if they don't know all of those things but an energetic portcullis in the way um, of that connection between you. But I think it's really important just to feel, again, coming back to this perspective that we want to feel loved, I think it's important that with your with your partner, if you want to have, you know, maybe you love them, maybe they love you, but if that sense that you don't quite feel they're being open and honest with you, then that, again, would be a considerable red flag, at least to me. And again, straightness rather than game playing, again, in an ideal world, someone's going to be sort of direct and straight with you. Now, again, the caveat to that is that, as I've said before, um, that we generally have got hand-me-down relationship models which suck, which include a lot of game playing and all the rest of it. So if you're asking this question, it may be that there's aspects that, that is just about relating tools or relating skills or at least breaking the habit or taking responsibility for sort of stepping out of that. But if you fundamentally feel like your partner just is not being straight with you or always kind of game playing, push pulling, um, all of those kind of things, then then that would be, again, a red flag. And when I say red flag here, really, it's, it's just a red flag that says, is this, is this a relationship that I want to be in? Or more importantly, is this something that I need to address in the relationship in order to feel loved, in order to know that we can move forward in a more healthy way? Next up is, are they with you in ways that matter? And really, this is about, you know, do, they, do they take time to know what matters to you and make that a high priority in their life? So the distinction here is... Um, you know, there's a, there's a book called The Five Love Languages. I can't remember the author off the top of my head. Um, but it talks about how there's five different ways that we see love. It goes to the heart of this that we're talking about in a way. Um, but the point is that sometimes we may perceive love, for example, one of the love languages is acts of service. So when he takes, he takes the bin out, he loves me so much, you know, because that is an act of love. Um, whereas, you know, he might not see acts of service as love. So you say, well, I always do things for him, but, you know, he doesn't appreciate it. Well, that might not be what means love to him. He might need the words. He might need to hear, I love you. And you might never say, I love you to him. <laughs> and uh, and he goes, he doesn't, he doesn't care about me. You know, I take the bins out all the time and, you know, <laughs> but she won't say she loves me. So there's different ways that we can express love. But here what I'm speaking to is it's important to find out what that is. It's important to take the time to, to look at the other person and go, you know what, what, what are the things that, that mean that you feel loved? So if you're asking about your question, are they 
making the effort to get to know you, to get to know what matters to you. It's like for some people, um, again, going with the, the man-woman thing, the classic man-woman of man brings woman flowers, man brings woman flowers, good caveman. You know, there are some women that, that just don't want flowers. You know, that's not their thing. And there are others that it means the world to them. You know, so so you're a man listening to this. It's like, is that something that that matters to your to your honey? If it is, then doing it is is an act of love, which they will see as an act of love because you've seen them. You know, it matters to them. So finding out what matters to them and having that have it being on the receiving end of somebody that that has taken the time and energy and enough to see you and go, these are the things that matter. So I'm going to make a big deal of that. And also not as a not as a compromise, not doing it with the oh I know she loves me taking the bins out, but you know oh I suppose I have to do it. Yes, no, not that. I mean, but as a as a willingness, like in a really wonderful relationship, someone's going to go oh my god, I just discovered that that taking the bins out is one of the most important things to her. I mean, seems crazy to me, but I love that. That's like a, that's a win-win. I get to do something that's easy and no brainer for me. And she feels amazing. And I want her to feel amazing. I want her to feel loved. So it's, it's great. So there's that, that willingness to do those things comes from within. There's that self-motivation, you know, you know, I'm going to do this act of love, which might not be my usual way, but I'm going to love it because it, because it it means that you, honey, feel loved. And that's, <laughs> so are you on the receiving end of those kind of things? It's another good question to ask. Do they love you? Are they doing these acts of love um, that mean something to you? And again, all of these kind of flags that I'm highlighting here, it could always be a question, which is, you know, if it's showing up, then it's something that can be discussed, talked about. It's an opportunity always to address anything that isn't in quotes, perfect, um, and to have a conversation because sometimes people just don't know. So are, if they became their are acts of love, are they the things that matter to you or coming only from their own space? In other words, is there empathy? So again, a bit of a fine line. I sort of covered that in my, in my ramble. I got my notes and I just often ramble. <laughs> so I sort of went into that a bit. Let's, let's focus on the empathy aspect of it. So yes, acts of love coming from empathy. Are they in a space where they can um, can really step out of themselves and into your world? So that's kind of an important thing. So you could use the the sort of the idea of coming off, reach on our own island. Does someone have the capacity to come off their own island and step onto your island and discover who you are so they can be with you in their world? Now, for me, this is a really important thing. So it's something that that I feel that I've readily given is the ability to be empathetic to my partner. But often in my not-so-wise choices in the past, um, I've attracted people who, who don't seem to have the empathy bone in terms of really getting off their world and stepping into my world. They can be sort of caring, and, and but they're seeing it very much from their point of view rather than really getting out of their own way and coming over to me and getting into that discovery place of, hmm, what's Joel thinking? <laughs> what's in his mind? What's in his heart? How's he feeling? Why might he be feeling that way? Oh, I can get it. If I look through his eyes, then I can see why he might be a bit upset about that. You know, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't make me a, to, to blame for what I did. I can just go, oh, 
Now I look through those eyes, I can see it. I get it. I get why you're upset. So that's empathy. Empathy, validation, those kind of things are really important. So it's good to ask yourself if the person that you're with is demonstrating their ability or willingness to get off their own island and come over to yours. And of course, all of these things are vice versa. Are you doing it for them? But let's be selfish. <laughs> it's about me. I want to feel loved. <laughs> so that's your check. So empathy is, is really, really important. Where are we up to? Number seven. So are they doing what they can to help you feel less alone and less afraid at times when you are lost in that? So again, similar to empathy, you could say, but this is this is kind of important. Again, I come back to the major point here, which is why, why the heck <laughs> would you be in relationship anyway if when things go belly up in your world, they're not going to be there for you, right? Again, I've had this in my experience where, you know, the person I'm with, when things go down for me, off she scarpers. <laughs> not good, right? So that's a good question. Are they are they going to be there for you? Are they going to comfort you? And are they going to help you feel less alone? And again, I see this with, with a lot of, again, con, sort of in quotes, conscious people who go for the whole, well, you know, I can't make you feel anything. Everything is your responsibility. You create your own reality, all of those things, which can be a very cold place to be. And again, this show is about being a human. Yes, a brilliant human. And a brilliant human will be very human with other humans when their shit comes out because it's like, I'm there. I understand. I can be warm with, with them. I can I can be with you and help you back onto your feet through the hard times. So helping you to feel less alone, less afraid, these are really important things. And the final one in this little list is, are they eager to give to you as much as they are to receive from you? So I have spoken to a lot of people who feel like they, they give, 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 I give, 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 give. That's a dig, isn't it? Now I see I'm off on a tangent now with the whole Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. But they give, 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 and yet they find the partner doesn't give back, or it is through gritted teeth. So I think reciprocity is a really important part. It's not like there's a distinct balance sheet. Well, you know, you put in a penny, I put in a penny, or if I've done this many dishes, you do that many dishes. I mean, it can look like that. But it's like, is there an ebb and flow of give and take of energy? Now, on one hand, there is, again, that education. It's important if you feel like you're not sort of getting back what you need and you feel you're giving more, then that's a conversation to be had for sure. Uh, but there are times when, you know, someone isn't giving back, you know, kind of because they don't really, it goes back to the other ones, they don't really care, you don't really matter. Uh, they just can't be asked, you know. <laughs> this is not someone you want to spend the rest of your life with, unless you're really cool with it. Again, if you're really cool with it, that's fine. But in general, it's one thing to look at is, is are you getting that reciprocity between them? So these are great questions to ask yourself. It's sort of a, a rough and ready list. Uh, but I do want you to bear in mind that they're, they're really ideals. You know, all of these are ideal situations. You know, relationships are, you know, are, are generally uh, a little bit messier <laughs> than we'd like them to be in this 21st century world. And certainly none of us are perfect or complete uh, when held up against an ideal. Um, 
So let's talk a bit about really the nature of relationship because it's more of a, a dance than sort of a static ideal. So let's talk a bit about that. Okay, so having given you those questions and, and said that they're ideals and saying that relationships are more of a dance than some static ideal, um, I better give you an idea of what I mean by that. So ideals really look for stability and certainty. An ideal, in a way, is a set. It's a marker. It's a, it's a here's, here's the way. If, if we can get that ideal, then some outcome will be certain, right? A dance is more of an interplay of stability and chaos. Uh, it's a sort of balance, resolves to imbalance, resolves to balance. When you're dancing, you know, there has to be times when there's a an off-balancedness, which is then corrected. And this is much more the nature of human relating. So it's sort of this step-by-step, step, a graceful dynamic of the whole is unveiled, right? So as you watch a dance, there are many aspects to it. There's ups, there's downs, there's togetherness, there's apartness. If I'm in my mind, I'm looking at a picture of a of a couple dancing, um, you know, moving around the ballroom and and coming together, moving apart, really in synchronicity at times, other times um, at counterpoint to each other. And and that's much more the the nature of human relating. So and part of that, which we saw, I've sort of intimated that, but part of that, if you're dancing with another in love, then you are also part of the dance. So on one hand, am I loved? Here's my eight questions. Um, it's important. I sort of mentioned it through those eight questions is, you know, to ask yourself, are you doing that for the other? But certainly if you're in a place of feeling unloved, or at least you're looking for the stability of that place, you know, it's like, like the moon, we're all phasial in relationships. So each, each other person will ebb and flow you know, with the feelings or the actions in, in your directions. Um, another way to say that is that you're their chaos and they're your chaos. So that imbalance comes from that. But here's the thing. If you're looking for that anchor of stability, that stable source of love, then that's going to be where you go to that place of looking to yourself for it. So this is different to saying, you know, as, as I mentioned before, this is different to saying, you know, I am responsible for my all of my feelings in relationship and, you know, if they do that horrible thing and I'm not happy, then I clearly haven't done my work or I'm not vibrationally aligned or other bullshit like that. You know, it's it's the dance of where there are times to come into yourself and look to yourself for that love. And there's times to to lean and rest on your partner and, and know that they're a partner that are going to be a good match for you, that they're going to be graceful, they're going to hold you in it at those times. And there'll be times that you'll hold them. There's times that, you know, you're going to be flung in the air by, by them and fly and then be caught. You know, all of those wonderful romantic things. There's time for that. And there's times when you're going to be needing to be the one that is strong in that place, or at least strong in yourself to, in order to be a better dance partner. And and there's times when you're going to have that lean on. So let's go back to uh, to the tick box of ideals that I've given. So what I'm basically saying is if you're feeling a bit bare in the feeling loved part, um, 
And you're kind of looking for that stability, the sort of counterpoint to the chaos. You're looking for that other person to be strong and they're not. That may be the time to come back and look at yourself. And as much as you can, sort of focus yourself and ground yourself into what truly works for you. So this is, again, a core principle I come back to. It's like, what matters to you? Again, all of this feeling love stuff is subjective. It's partly taking responsibility for communicating that, um, deciding what works and what doesn't for you. Um, but one of the ways to take the first step and start dancing your way back to the acknowledgement of your own beauty, your own grace, your own lovable mess, your own sexiness, your own desirability, is to turn all those questions around <laughs> and look back at yourself. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to go through these questions again, the eight questions. But rather than do, do they love me, I'm going to ask you, do you love you? So I'm not going to go into great detail. I'm just going to read them out. But when it comes to you, my beloved listener, are there demonstrations of self-care from you to you? Is there a willingness to meet yourself where you are, to understand yourself, to come to you and be present with yourself? Are you sharing with you? Is there intimacy with yourself? Are you being truly open and honest with yourself? Oof, that can be a stinger. Are you being straight with yourself rather than avoiding avoidance and game playing with yourself? Are you with you in ways that matter? Again, you know, do you know what matters to you? Are you giving that to yourself? Do you take time to know what matters to you and make that a high priority in your life? And not because you should, because of some spiritual ideal or some personal growth goal, but because it's just there's a willingness in you, there's a wanting, there's a natural act of love for you. And if you proclaim you are giving yourself acts of love, are they things that really matter to you or are they coming from someone else's idea? Sometimes we do self-love in a way that someone else says that looks like self-love but actually isn't. So again, finding out what matters to you. So are you coming from your own direct experience? And another way to turn that other one around is to say, you know, are you stepping off someone else's island and coming onto your island that with that discovery mindset of you know you know who am I what do I need can I be with me in my world are you asking that of yourself and then are you doing what you can to help you feel less alone and less afraid at times when you're lost in that and you know what if your partner's not doing it there's there's ways to do it by yourself with journaling or you know are you making yourself matter enough so that you can get support in that you know that's what i do with people day in day out people who have um decided that they're they're worth it to, to investing in themselves to get some help from someone who really knows the territory that's what i do so are you giving yourself that and are you eager to give to you as much as you are to give to them again oh the givers are like oh it's harder to give to me more comfortable giving to somebody else well you need to have a good look at that because, you know, do you love you? Then you must be eager enough to give to you as you are to them. But again, I'm going to say, bear in mind that even these self-directed acts of love or checks of your self-love are ideals. So again, you're even going to be dancing with yourself. So in the answers that you find to these questions, they're going to be the signposts, really. 
where are the places in there that are going to be the clues to where you can walk you to a deeper experience of life, a different experience of relationship, uh, to more to what your heart is calling for. And that is true whoever you're dancing with. So I hope this has been um, an enlightening, interesting relationship-based episode. Uh, that's it for today. Um, I will see you next Tuesday. Do go ahead wherever you're listening to this and subscribe, leave a review, send a message via anchor.fm slash joelyoungmpa, the big message button. Um, see me there. And you can visit the website, joelyoungmpa.com. Also, I don't think I've really mentioned much um, my social media. I did it, I think, in the first episode. But you'll generally find me at joelyoungmpa, including on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, the page on Facebook is called MPA Rocks, if you want to find that. What else have we got? Uh, YouTube is just Joel Young. And, of course, Anchor FM, it's Joel Young MPA. I've probably missed some social media platforms, but you'll find them in the links somewhere around here. Otherwise, I've been Joel Young. Great to speak to you. Do leave me a message. Big love, and I will see you next week. Uh-huh.